All right, ladies and gents, welcome back to your weekly walk with me, where we just talk about all the stuff that uh, isn't big enough to go into a, you know, an independent video during the week. So we'll talk about some uh, of the stuff going on in Ukraine. We'll talk about NATO. We'll talk about energy and a little bit of commodities today as well. Uh, I'm on a little island in the Isle of Man here, or peninsula, I guess you can say. It's beautiful. Uh, really, really beautiful. Very, very sunny, but also extremely windy. That's why my eyes might water a little bit. It's very, very windy. Uh, but I'm sure you're glad that I've got the wind blocker on so it doesn't disturb your audio. Now, just a reminder, if you haven't watched my macro video uh, that I told you about yesterday, definitely check that out. I'll post it as a link below a pinned comment and the top of the description. Definitely uh, check that out, especially if you don't know what to do right now with your cash, with your investments, uh, pensions, IRA. Um, I talk about precious metals through to mining, uh, electric vehicle um, commodities and metals, lithium, cobalt, uh, everything else like that. Do you invest in growth stocks right now? Do you invest in value stocks, tech stocks? Um, what about the aluminum squeeze, or as we say, aluminium in the UK? What about semiconductors, which I talked about a few months back? Um, what, you know, where do you invest right now? Is it uranium with the CO2 stuff coming out, uh, net carbon? Uh, all of that's covered in that macro video, so definitely uh, check that out. So one thing that people aren't really talking about at the moment, and some of you it might not affect too badly, some of you it might affect, is that in the Ukraine and Russia region, they actually produce 60% of the world's supply of sunflower oil. Now, if you think about it, 60% of the world's supply comes from the region, and we've got all of this uh, conflict right now and instability. This is obviously going to hit um, sunflower oil supplies. What about wheat? Well, wheat, uh, this is why Ukraine is known as the breadbasket. A lot of the wheat, actually, I think it's about 30% comes from that region as well. So we're probably going to see some issues with these commodities also. But a couple of points on energy then. Now, Europe uses around 560 billion cubic meters of natural gas per year. Now, you compare this to what they actually produce in Europe, it's only around 230 billion tons per year. So again, that is a net deficit on energy. Europe also uses around 15 million barrels of oil per day, per day. I mean, that's how crazy it is. But how much do we actually produce in Europe? Around 4 million. So again, another net deficit on energy. And then you look across at Russia and they produce 11 million barrels of oil a day, but only use about 3 and a half, 3.4 million barrels of oil a day. Uh, what about natural gas then? Russia produces around 700 billion um, cubic meters of natural gas, but they only use around 400 for themselves. So why am I sharing all of these statistics then? Let's walk over here, actually, this looks quite nice. Why am I sharing all these statistics with you? Well, because this is what I think is gonna be the next sort of stage of this uh, conflict that we're in. I think we're gonna move into some sort of an energy crisis here uh, in terms of, you know, we've seen the dollar weaponized against uh, Russia in this conflict. But now I think this is the thing we've gotta be careful of. Russia could now weaponize energy against the West, especially because the West tactics right now are to just completely isolate Russia 
from the, the world market really just completely isolate them from the world market and you haven't just got the governments doing it now you've got a lot of private companies a lot of them are california based companies um, some of the the things that so apple for example completely closing all the stores in russia a lot of the big clothing brands you've got uh, shell you've got bp oil companies pulling out of russia then you have private companies i think accenture uh, has just uh, fired 2,300 of their Russian staff as their own type of sanctions. So you've got a lot of private companies now doing their own sanctions against uh, the Russian population as well. Uh, you've just had Disney come out, Netflix has come out, uh, movie theaters have just come out as well saying they're not gonna be showing uh, movies in Russia. Uh, the latest Batman film I think's now been banned from being shown in, in Russia. But we're also seeing actually a massive uh, buildup of NATO forces as well. So NATO is uh, pushing a lot of their forces east towards Russia. So we're seeing quite a, uh, a big buildup there. We're not seeing any conflict or anything like that yet, but we are seeing a buildup of troops. I think the last count was NATO's put over a hundred uh, fighter jets uh, with warships, I don't know how many warships, on high alert uh, for the region as well. So that's pretty, uh, pretty crazy, a hundred fighter jets. But the NATO commander has said that, you know, this isn't a uh, aggressive stance, but it's more of a deterrent for Russia um, going into any of the countries right now. So who else has got involved? Uh, Denmark sent a frigate, sending four, I think, F-16 fighter jets, uh, last count. Uh, Lithuania, Bulgaria, Romania, uh, a lot of other countries now sort of stepping up the readiness, ready to uh, get involved as well with either troops or uh, planes or ships, warships. Of course, America's sending um, already a lot of armaments uh, to the to the country and look at the the stock prices of the arms manufacturers in america right now they are really going up but russia isn't quite as alone as the mainstream media would would have you believe actually because they have something called the csto which is the collective security treaty organization so there's a lot of um, other nations involved in this with with russia so that's um, Belarus under Lukashenko. You've got Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan, uh, Kyrgyzstan, I think Uzbekistan. You know, you've got all the, the Stan countries here as well. But they're not really the ones that concern me at all. The one that concerns me is if um, probably Russia's biggest ally here, China. Well, you know, you've seen what's happened with uh, weaponizing the dollar against Russia. Well, what if now China sees that and says, hold on, we're holding a load of US treasuries here. We've got a massive risk. Now, some people say they could just dump the treasuries. I'm not so sure if they'll do that. The reason I'm not sure if they will dump the treasuries is because they need those treasuries right now um, for their own central bank. What else are they gonna use to prop up their currency if they're not using the US treasuries? Maybe they've got gold. Who knows? In fact, we don't actually know how much gold uh, China's holding. We know Russia's got 2,300 uh, tons of, of gold, but we don't actually know how much China's holding right now. So that could be a massive risk going forward. And one other thing I said in yesterday's video is, even everyone's trying to put pressure on China to sanction Russia and to cut them off from SIPs and everything else, I don't think China's gonna do it. I really don't. I think China is probably 
the biggest ally to Russia, so they're going to uh, help them out here. So this is my only concern. We're seeing this convergence now of different nations uh, going on to uh, different sides. And just one story that came up this morning, which I thought was really, really strange. That was the CEO of Ammo Inc. in the USA saying they're about to donate a million rounds to Ukraine. Now, why do I think this is a little bit unusual? Well, that's because for the last two years, the USA has had an ammo shortage. There's just no ammo anywhere uh, to be found. And now the CEO of Ammo Inc. is about to donate one million rounds. I thought that was a really bizarre uh, story that I heard today. One other story I wanted to share with you. I was in the army surplus store here on the island um, just a few days ago now. I was speaking to the owner and he was, I was saying, wow, it's really busy in here for an army surplus store. Usually you go in and they're pretty dead and you can find whatever you need to find. But he said, oh yeah, it's been absolutely crazy. We've just had guys coming in nonstop after the uh, Liz, what's her name? In fact, I've got it written down. Liz Truss, the Secretary of State for Foreign, Commonwealth and Development Affairs for the UK. So she basically said on three separate interviews, this was, um, that she supports British men going to uh, Ukraine to, to fight in Ukraine. And I thought that was the most bizarre thing, because do you remember when a lot of British men were going off to uh, uh, Syria and they wanted to fight against Bashar al-Assad. So you remember that one. Well, what about all the British men that wanted to go and fight uh, alongside the Kurdish army against ISIS? Well, all of those um, guys that went off, they were told by the government that if they went off and did that, they would be potentially tried on return uh, for war crimes. So I think sometimes politicians can make statements like that without realizing just how big those implications can be for some people who maybe they couldn't ever get into the army or the marines or something they've always wanted to fight or something like that so what do they do they rush off and they you know get all the gear from the army surplus store and they get off you know get on a flight and, and go over there uh, for some action not really realizing what war is really like uh, it's not like uh, it's not like the video games believe me a lot of people think they, you know, they're, they're courageous and when, the, um, you know, they'd be, you know, great in battle and all this. But when those bullets are snapping next to your head and stuff like that, well, I think a lot of people rethink um, their decisions. So I'm really glad that a lot of politicians have come out and just rebuked um, her for, for, for saying those comments. So she's now made an apology. So, uh, yeah, that's the last thing we need. Loads of British guys going over and getting involved in it as well. And uh, one of the point, unfortunately, the scammers are back on the channel again. You'll probably see them all over the place impersonating me. Um, don't get caught out by this. So many people are getting scammed by this. I've actually reported it over and over again to YouTube. I've done everything you can possibly think of to stop these scammers. Uh, but you, it's as if YouTube just don't care. They don't want to sort out the problem. I've given them loads of solutions and they really don't want to uh, take care of this. Why? I don't know. Number one, I'm never going to give you my phone number or say, hey, contact me on on WhatsApp and it's a plus one number. A, I'm not in America anyway, so that should give everyone a little clue. And number two, why would I message tens of thousands, sometimes a hundred thousand people that watch my video to say, hey, I wanna, I wanna tell you about some great uh, opportunity. Look, it's, it's not me doing it. 
And, you know, I had all the issues last year, uh, two years ago, when BLM was, um, you know, that whole situation was going on then. And someone was impersonating me, leaving really terrible comments. And my channel got frozen for a few days and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, just be really careful. It's not me. You've always got to look for the tick next to my name. If you want to know if it's me replying to you or not, I only reply to maybe a dozen uh, sort of comments on every every video and it's usually in the first hour or so so don't get caught out by this no I haven't got a great opportunity uh, to share with you I have nothing to sell you the only thing I have is my private community which I mentioned come over and check out the uh, content there check out that video you will not regret it even if you just come over for one month leave the community at the end of the month if you really don't like the content. But apart from that, I'm just gonna take a walk around now and look at this beautiful, beautiful area here. It really is stunning just walking around here. A little bit cold and windy, but the sun's out, so uh, that makes it a lot better. Thanks for watching the video today. I hope you enjoyed taking a walk with me. Uh, until next time, take care, God bless, and see you soon.